0: This episode, an interview with Ray Anderson, the drywall doctor, part two. Uh, This is the second part of a great interview, folks. In this interview, we are going to cover outside corners, storing drywall tools, and preventing rust, and drywall carriers, and when should drywall be replaced, and plaster. We had a whole long discussion about plaster and doing drywall repair, or plaster repairs and drywall repairs. Anyway, with that, this is part two of the interview. Welcome to the Handyman Pros Radio Show. Home improvement and maintenance tips from the pros. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Handyman Pros Radio Show, where our goal is to help save you time, money, and aggravation on your home maintenance and repair. This edition is entitled, An Interview with Ray Anderson the Drywall Doctor, part two, to help me explain my friend John <laughs> Johnny. We are, uh, we're really rolling here with, uh, with
1: Ray. I'll, I'll tell you that it's a, it's a, it, there's a lot of things coming out here. We'll recap this on our outco, but, uh, you know, we, uh, just had a great time, uh, with, uh, with Ray, and I hope everybody enjoys the, uh, the second part of this.
0: Yep. And here it is. Yeah, just walk away. Just just yeah. Right? That, that's a huge that's a huge tip just in and of itself. Don't you this is one thing, particularly we we talk a lot about in the handyman world about scheduling, right? Mm-hmm. And and I and I am a, one of the worst, but I know when I do it now when I do a drywall job, I schedule 3 days and because I expect at least a day and a half of dry yeah. time. And I actually, if it, I mean, if it's just a patch job, I mean, I mean literally, I'm just doing a patch. It's a three-day process because I have found by heart, the, the school of hard knocks is it has to be dry, not damp, dry, dry, dry. dry. Right. And, and that tip is, is huge, folks, when you try to rush it. All it does is actually make you slower. Don't yeah. do yeah. it. It's a, just walk away. I love. Yeah. I love that. Now yeah. we know why it's on your shirt. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah.
1: So oh, yeah. so it's, just to, just to recap on that. So when you when you put the the mud on first, you're putting the tape. You're embedding the tape in there, and then you're just going to coat one edge of the of the cor- of this of that that corner, right? Yes, and I'm not using That's-
2: the same mud that I used to tape with. Right, I'm not. I'm I when I if I'm taping by hand, I'm taping with all purpose. If I'm topping by hand, I'm topping with USG plus three, it's a lightweight all purpose compound. I tape with a regular all purpose compound, I top and finish with a lightweight all purpose compound. It sands easier, it's got a better finish to it, it doesn't bubble as much. Uh, I don't have I don't have problems with the lightweight all-purpose compounds, but I will do it the same day. I will tape and coat the same day, but I will not, I will not skim it until it's like I said, one hundred percent dry. I mean, one hundred percent. Yeah, got it. So, yeah,
1: got it. Yeah. One of the one yeah. of the things that uh, that Larry and I were talking about was um, you know outside outside corners. Okay. Um, and and you know for forever it's been aluminum. You know, the just the, the steel or whatever. Steel, yeah. Right. I'm sorry, the steel. And um what what are you using these these days?
2: Uh to- I I use a product that called it's called super wide tape on corner beat. So it's it's still steel, but it's got paper over the top of it that's glued to it very well. And yep. and, and that's what I've been using. And and I love the stuff. It runs through my hopper really well, or I can just tape it by hand. Uh, it's super wide because the it's really wide on the two sides. So if you're doing half inch or five eighths, and they leave a gap, it still covers the gap. Uh, covers the gap. But yeah. But when yeah. I was in when I was working in calf I'm sorry, when I was working in Colorado uh, not too long ago, I had to go to the I had to go to the big box stores there and pick up the corner bead, and they didn't have super wide. They just yeah. had yeah. thin See. stuff, and so that makes it harder. That makes it a lot harder because the drywall has to be hung very well if you're gonna use that stuff. The drywall has to come and you gotta, you gotta scribe the one side of the drywall. You gotta make sure that that the drywall is hung really good on that corner. Listen, it's not, I, I can't tell you how many times I have gone into jobs and they're telling me, oh, the taper did this, the taper did that. And I'm looking at it and I said, that's not a taper's issue, that's a framing and hanging issue. The taper had nothing to do with this. He just worked with what he had. I The taper didn't take the time to cut the drywall back. He didn't take the time to fix the drywall hanging before he taped it. That, that he did not do. So then I would sit there and say, yeah, if that was the taper's responsibility, he didn't do that. But if he was just there to tape it and finish it, and that's all he got paid for, was not fixing the hanging, then it's the framing and hanging issue because if it's not framed right, if the studs are twisted and and the drywall is not coming in very tight and you're using thin corner bead, just the regular thin tape on corner bead. And this is why I use the tape on corner bead guys. Now today, I use the metal corner bead forever, absolutely forever. and. I've crimped it on, I've glued it on, I've nailed it on, I've screwed it on, I've done everything you could possibly think of with with metal corner bead, everything, right? Uh, And then they came up with the tape on corner bead, and I started using that. And since I've started using that, I never get a call back to go back and fix cracks on corner bead, ever, ever.
1: that's the issue that I, I'm experiencing yeah. a lot. Yep.
2: So so when I use the metal corner bead, every house that I ever did, and I did a lot of homes, a lot of homes, I would give them a year walkthrough, and 90% of the work that I'm doing a year later is fixing cracks on the on the metal corner bead, just a little crack on the edge. 90% of the time, that's what I'm doing. With the super wide tape on corner bead, I have no callbacks anymore. I, I finished the house. And I never go back to it. I don't, nobody calls me. They don't ask me to come back and do anything. Um, The plastic corner bead, I've used it. I got a bunch of it for free one time. Uh, The problem that I I don't, I know Trimtex is not going to like me for this. (laughs) (laughs) The problem I have with the the plastic corner bead Mm -hmm. is it's so easy to have a twist on you.
0: Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it'll yeah. come
2: up and then it'll twist. You have to be and I and I spray glue mine. So I spray glue the corner. I spray glue the plastic, and it's like context, meant When I put the two together,
1: it's, it's, it's there. Yeah. I mean,
2: it's it's permanent. You got to make sure when you're putting it on, you're putting it on just right. And so many times, it's just tweaked. It's tweaked a little bit this way. It's tweaked a little bit that way. Most of the time, I can float it in and and I and I get away with it. But sometimes I got to rip it off and I take the face paper off because the face paper gets damaged because of the glue and, uh, and then I have to redo it. So with the super wide tape on Hornaby, man, it goes on straight. It's, I stick it up there. I roll it with my roller and it's, it's done. It's once and done and it's beautiful.
0: We hate once and done. Yeah. That's a you know, complete <laughs> joke, right? I mean once and done and no callbacks. Now you're really into the trifecta, right? So yeah. you get no callbacks either. No that's, callbacks. A, no, that's, yeah, that's, all, that's a awesome. that's a big that's a big thing. We're we're b know I'm big. I'm big on using the right products to get a to actually get a better finished product that's always my I I always justify it by if I can save time and I get a better finished product and the cost is equal that's a no-brainer if the cost is slightly more than we do the time analysis you know if it saves me a lot of time then it's a no brainer. And if it gives a finished product, always it's better. It becomes a no brainer. It's just the way it is. So that's a, that's a fantastic tip. I
2: I was at a big box store once and the guy was picking up a whole bunch of metal corner bead and I happened to be standing right there. And I told him, I said, you know, this tape on corner bead is, is much better than that. It's not going to crack out. It's going to hold up everything. And uh, you don't have to nail it on. And he goes, he goes, well, I go, Take it from me, guys. I go. I, I've done this for a long time. Please believe me. And uh, I even have my own YouTube channel that explains it. And they said, "Yeah, but we're used to this." And they grabbed the metal corner beat anyway. <laughs> I thought, ah, at least I don't have that much competition around here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. We, That's hilarious. We talk, we talk about that all the time. Why do you do what you do? Cause we've always done it that way, yeah. you know, and, right. and it's like, especially in products, right. I mean, I've, we, I've learned this over the years, new products come out and they need to prove themselves to me. Usually. I mean, I won't, I'm not a first adopter, but I am an early adopter if it works, yes. you know, if I, if I do a quick test and I, and I'm a big tester, I'll take things and just, you know, like I was telling you about using fiber fuse, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I'm, I'm paying and waterproofing on it, you know, like I'm saying, gee, can I put this on the boat as a patch, you know, yeah. kind of thing, all that kind of stuff. And, and, and I'm like, yeah, you know, there's, there's these things. It's proven itself to me. So I'm absolutely 100%, you know, on with it now. And, and I haven't used the super wide t- corner tape, but now I'm going to, I'm definitely going to give it a try on your recommendation yeah. because I, honestly, you know, you sit there and you look at it and you go, well, it is, you know, it's significantly more money comparative, you know, I mean, it, in, in, it's not huge, but it's not going to break you, but it is more money. And I just have to have a good recommendation to make sure it's going to work. And, and somebody that's used it a lot understands the foibles, all the little things that go wrong with it. And you know, why not? Right. I mean, then, then you get to where it gets to be a no brainer, but, but I, I'm, I'm not going to go spend a ton of money to try something unless I know it works. So, and there's so many products out there, you know, you actually answered my question on USG plus three. I always wondered why, like, I'm like, you know, you look, at the cans and it, it's it's not self-evident when you read it, right? right? You know, you can sit there and read the packaging and it really doesn't tell you, well, you just explained that it's a lighter weight than the general purpose mud, but it's not as lightweight as lightweight finishing mud. So it's that in it's an in-between step between general purpose and lightweight finishing yeah. yeah, basically yes. ultralight, right? Yeah. And so That explains a lot to me. That gives me a different perspective on things that I wish they would make their packaging be clear, but it's not. You know, it's just not for probably a lot of different reasons. I want to know
2: something that's great about the super wide tape on corner beat is if you've got the old metal corner beat that's all cracked out, right? Yep. And you're going to be redoing it anyway. You can put this stuff right on top of it. It covers those cracks gone and you can just start mudding it up and you can you can take that stuff right on top of the old stuff and coat it coat it in it's immediately nice. oh yeah super nice that's I, nice i've done that before too because i'm thinking if i repair this old corner beam, there's a good chance this is going to crack out again you know that's what i mean what I, experience I, put, I put this stuff right over the top of it never have another callback. And he's got Uh a,
1: and Ray, I I think you've got a good tutorial on, on one of your, uh, on on your YouTube channel, uh, an episode on this. If I remember right. Yeah. I do. I show you that. Yeah. I run it through. I
2: actually have my, my niece on one of my my YouTube channels and she's actually running it through the hopper and she's putting it up herself. And it it took me about 10 minutes to explain it to her. And she's putting on tape on corner bead perfectly. In ten minutes. It's it's just that easy. and there's no way she could be nailing on corner bead. You just no. no way. You you gotta really know what you're doing when you're nailing corner bead on. You really yeah. need to know what you're doing. Not anybody can do that. And, but she, yeah, 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 she yeah. is. She's yeah. putting on tape on corner bead in ten minutes after I explained yeah, it to her. Yeah, and, and I've
1: <laughs> and I've had experience with uh with crimp on and that yeah. stuff, it seems like it, it pops off and you know, Florida. Corner. Nope.
2: I was I was working in Florida and tapers, up here hangers put on all the corner bead because it was all nailed on. I go to Florida, tapers put on all the corner bead because it's all crimped on, in in Florida. Um, so that's when I started crimping on the corner bead. Uh, but the problems that they had, it was like, man, I'd never you, do it again. Yeah. Why would you even think about doing this? Yeah. Uh, so.
1: Because we've always done it that way. Yeah, it was just they—that was the tool there, and hey, this is the way, you know, blah blah blah. But
2: crimpers work, and I've used them for crimping on corner bead. But after I spray glue it, I spray glue it first, and then I glue the corner bead on, and then I crimp it to be sure that it's gotten in very well. So I've done that, and it's worked. Uh, But again, too, then you even almost want to tape the corner bead on too, but at that point you just grab the tape on the corner bead because exactly you just yourself
0: time on everything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 All right. Good. Yeah. That that well that works. Yeah. That was it. That answered that question well. Gee. Uh you know. And um yeah. So one other question we had. So storing drywall tools, how do you prevent rust? i I have no idea if you find out, let me know
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I I've always fought with this. You know what I keep in my in my my drywall box um, is with all the tools is a little can of wD40 that I wipe yeah. them down with after I get through because I don't use them as often as somebody like yourself. Yeah. So the next time i I pick them up, it's like, oh man this I gotta I gotta you know uh, nylon brush them down and everything and get all the rust off of them. Because as soon as you start using them, it's, you know, you're putting all that, all the rust up on the walls. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a nightmare. And, you know, so if any of the folks out there that are using these tools uh, on occasion, you know, you got to learn to store them in a decent way so they don't rust next time. You know, they're ready to go next time you're going to use them.
2: And that's exactly what I do. I, I will spray some WD on my knives and stuff if I'm not going to be using them the next day. You know, let's say, let's say I'm, I'm finishing up a job and I know I don't have another job coming up for another week. Right? I'll make sure I, I, I hit I my knives with some WD. A lot of guys are using um, the stainless steel knives and stuff. I, I don't like them. I like the blue steel knives. Always did. I used the stainless steel knife once. It was a six-inch knife. And you know, as a finisher, you get you, you, you get strong. Your hands become really strong, holding a pan and holding the knife. I'd shake somebody's hand and all of a sudden they're like and they start squeezing my hand. I'm not squeezing their hand. I'm just shaking their hand, but they're thinking I'm I'm crushing their hand because your hands start to get very strong. And I and I was using a I was using a um, stainless steel knife and I flared the edge and I brought the knife up and the whole corner was bent and it didn't go back. It just stayed bent. It was just like garbage. <laughs> yeah. garbage. yeah, there's that's, no, that's flex there. no, no flex there. No flex. Absolutely no flex, no flex yeah. whatsoever. Uh, and then i cause somebody said, Oh, get the stainless steel, get the stainless steel and, and they'd stay flared. They'd stay bent on it. Yeah, it's just, no good. No, it's no good. Now maybe I'm pushing too hard on the wall or something. I don't know. Um, but, but that's a good yeah.
1: tip. I can see why they went to, with you know, they tried that out so they don't rust, but, mm-hmm.
2: uh, yeah, yeah, that's but, The other thing, what I do a lot of times is, if it's even the next day, I've got a little bit of rust on my knives. I just dip them in water, and I take my other knife, and I scrape it, and then I just dip it again and rinse it off, and and it's fine. Oh, I'm going to have problems right now because the inside of my garage is like 50 degrees, and it's a heated garage. Don't get me wrong. It's a heated garage, uh, and it's like 50 degrees, but outside it's almost 70 and so as soon as I open my garage door, all of this humid, humid air and warm air is gonna come in and condensate on all the cold steel in my garage. And it's going to rust out everything that's inside my garage. So I have to actually, as soon as I hang up here, I actually have to go out to my garage and turn the heat up to about 70 and warm it up on the inside of my garage so that doesn't happen. And it happens every time this time of year. When it gets warmer outside than it is in my garage, everything in my garage rusts you everything. don't want you, you,
1: you miss don't wanna, in chicago yeah the, you, you don't want you don't want to fog out your garage with a wd
2: and a spray rigged right yeah. <laughs> Wife's car yeah then Wipes the car up. doesn't rust so there you, you, you know go, yeah right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know for those of we us gotta, that lived in the northern climates we understand that you know a yeah. yeah. yeah, jeep i'm surprised it
2: still runs it's a big rust bucket just <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know one so. of the things i ran across on your on your channel just the other day was um these these plastic drywall carriers and and you know it yeah. so yeah. i agree completely with what your um your comment was on that video was when I was doing my basement, when I was a lot younger, about 29 years ago, I'd be, I'd be you know, humping in all that drywall all the way from the garage all the way around to the basement and in and out. And I never had any of these, those drywall carriers. And, folks, it's just like a big handle, and it makes carrying either sheets of lumber or any four-by-eight, yeah. you know, stuff like that or bigger, um, yeah. it makes it really easy to do. Um, so it's kind of a good tip for the people out there, you know, Bringing in their drywall, don't bust your back on that stuff.
2: Yeah, and the reason being is when I'm carrying things without it, I, my my hand is like this, it's yeah. twisted like this, <laughs> and I'm carrying it right. When I use the carrier, I'm just my hand is like this, and I'm just carrying it like this, and it saves my elbow T- tendonitis. I, oh I, yeah, I, I, I'm telling you guys, tapers deal with the tendonitis tremendously. I've only had to get shots once. You know, I, I, I'll I, tell you, I think I was built for taping. I really think I was built for taping. I only had to get shots one time in my elbow from tendonitis. Otherwise, I've been pretty healthy. Uh, my, my back, I've learned how to deal with that. But again, it's not my back so much as my hips from walking on stilts and walking on scrap and everything else, my hips are shot. Uh, but again, all in all, i got to say 98% of the time, I've got no pain. I, I, I don't walk around in pain. I don't, I'm in, I'm in pretty good shape, you know, for, I'll be 60, I'll be 64 next, no, I'll be 63 next week or next, next month. I'll be 63 next month. And other than, I'm pretty good shape for a 63 year old. So stay that way. Yeah. yeah. Please say that way. <laughs> you can't, yeah. my, Trust me. My wife. I understood. My wife keeps telling me I need to get it in shape and I keep telling her rounds a shape. I'm getting round. Rounds
1: shape. <laughs> <laughs> what shape do you want? Right. Round? Yeah, that
0: works. It works for
1: me. You know, what, one of the things that we have been talking about and uh, alluding to um, during this conversation is plaster. Okay. And... Larry and I before the show, and we've talked about this before. But we, you know, I, I'm I'm waiting to get the real thing here. What is for for all the folks and in, in our edificate, What is plaster versus you know drywall versus you know that kind of thing? And it, it kind of, I think I heard one of your um, on one of your cha- uh, YouTube episodes. There was a lot of plaster in Chicago. There's two different unions. Is that correct?
2: Yes. So you're, you're, your plasterers union or your plasterers belong to the cement finishers union. So when with all of the cement finishers who are using the trowels and doing the cement, yes. and and then it went into the drive it too because drive it became a big thing here, right? And so did stucco. That's all in the plasterers union: stucco, plaster, drive it, cement. And then the drywall finishers are in the painters union uh, because the 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 Smith finishers and the plasters didn't think drywall was going to take off. They thought, oh, this is an inferior product. It's garbage. It, the walls aren't nearly as strong as they are when they're plastered, and it's never going to last. People are always going to be choosing plaster over drywall.
0: So with that, I want to I want to back this conversation up a little bit because like here in the South, and I know this is not true in other places of the country, but I want to back up and do a little bit of a just a very short synopsis of history of when plaster. So number one, what is plaster versus drywall? I mean, I know I know what it is, but I want our listeners to understand what is plaster. When could you anticipate a plaster wall being up while you're on that Just touch on metal lath versus um, because I know there was a time where there's there's wood lath, yeah. metal lath, and then we generally went to drywall past that. Um, but let's let's walk through if somebody's if somebody's looking at potentially doing a job at their house and they really don't know if they have plaster or lath until they throw a hammer through it. Is there a way to determine it? And and I know there is um, because I can do it. But I, I just want people to understand what the differences are. And so because we'll, we'll that way they have a better idea of what they're actually looking at.
2: Well, as long as I, I've been doing it, all I have to do is go up and touch it and knock on it. And I can tell you if it's dry right. or plaster. But if, if not, take a light fixture plate off or uh, something, you know, a, a light fixture. Just drop a light fixture or take take the plate off of one of your light Uh, your things and take a look and you'll be able to see the edge of whether it's drywall or plaster or not. Um, And, uh, and so you have your base coat, obviously, is your plaster. You you have your base coat that you put on. It looks just like cement. Actually, it looks a lot like Durban with sand in it is what it really looks like. It probably is. Um, uh, And then you put a a smooth plaster finish on top of that. Uh, Is this what you're talking about?
0: yeah well that and and plaster just just going back plaster is a is really a more of a like it's plaster of paris if i if i'm correct it's a binding agent it's a bind the binding it so they they bind in the dust and the cover with plaster and that was in in the old days was put over wood lath which wood lath is small strips of wood and you you as you go through this you'll find that there's basically a whole wood wall behind the wall Mm -hmm. uh, and then that is plastered over the top in the when i'm going to say in the 20s or was it the 20s or the 30s they started using metal lath which is that corrugated metal and they would do the same thing and they would put that in yeah kind of like a chicken wire Mm -hmm. and the reason it's important is if you have a house the reason i ask it is just for example, I've been talking about this house I I've did in the 50s. This house was basically, in my opinion, was right on the edge. Johnny's house in Chicago still had lath and plaster, where this house has drywall, and they were of the same vintage. Yeah. So if you have a house built before probably, what, 1960, there's a possibility you have plaster versus drywall? And after, and I think my time frame might be off. I think it depends on the part of the country that you're in and things. But modern houses, anything past probably what, 1970, is a guarantee it's going to be drywall. Absolutely. I'm pretty
2: sure. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, usually probably by 65, I would say, it's pretty much, you're, you're going to have drywall. Uh, yeah. My, my house, yeah. I know my house in Roselle, it wasn't built in 1957, and it was drywall. 19- it was drywall in 1957. Yep. Though my friends put their house up in 1960, and it was
0: all plaster. And it and, was plaster. Yep, yep. So it's
2: there is a them you know, there. 59, 60, 61 is pretty much when they tried when they stopped using plaster and started using drywall. But and you're forgetting plaster board too. I mean, plaster board came in in rips like like uh, two foot rips. And, and with edges on the side too.
0: And you see a lot of plasterboard up here where they hung these oh, bricks and then- I've heard this. about it, I've never yeah. seen it, Yeah, right? I know what it is, It's well, it was two by two sections or something yeah. like that, and it was put up well, like drywall, well, were, but then, then it was finished over Two by eight
2: foot sections. They were two foot two by, eight by eight foot it sections. looked just like drywall. I think that's why they started using this plasterboard and that in turn started becoming the drywall that we started using today because they'd have to still coat in all of the plasterboard, um, fill it all in. You know, my dad used to hang the wooden lath. He was yeah. a carpenter, okay. he was an old time yep. carpenter. He had a spacer that he yep. had to put in between because the, <laughs> the plaster, the, the base coat went in and hooked onto the wooden lath, and that's what held it up. It didn't glue it to the wood. Right. It went in between the wood right. squeezed and, in behind it yeah and it, and it hooked up on there and then you could put your plaster on top of that but right I did a house I did a house in in Barrington and I had to hire plasters because drywall didn't do what they wanted in this house it, so I actually had to hire plasters.
1: what would that what would that be what drywall would do?
2: Well I had uh, the, the walls came up like this and then they curved like this, right? And then this one came up and it curved. Well, to try to get all of that in there and get those curves right. And then I had windows in there that had these arches above them too. So I had drywall, it was going in three different directions at the same time. And drywall will go in one direction, you know, and then you can break it and go in the other direction, but it won't go in three directions, but plaster will. They can use yeah, they can yeah. use metal up there, they can bend it however they want, and then they just start coating it in. And then I had a ceiling, it was like you took a ball and you just shoved it into the ceiling, it was round all all round in all directions. And again, too, you're trying to go this way, you're trying to go this way, you're trying to go in two and three different directions. And um and these guys plastered all of this in. It was just absolutely beautiful. But all he did was he hung quarter-inch drywall. He just put pieces of quarter inch drywall up there and, and and did the best he could and get it close. And then he just started coating it all in and, and plastering it all in. The guy was ab- absolutely incredible at what he did. Um, so it's still being done. It's just not being done as much as it used to. And and today with a lot of the high flex drywalls and, and stuff that you have and the, you know, I can buy I can buy sheets of fiber fuse now big rolls of it and yep. and, yeah. and I could put all of that in there and I could, I could mud all of that in there today. I could do it with the products that they have today, but back then they, they didn't have the products wow. that do something like that. So
0: I, I actually had to hire plasters to do that. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. So, so <clears throat> it, so drywall is a, basically it's gypsum, that's put between two pieces of paper and compressed and that's what drywall is just so people understand the difference plaster is a is a is a product that you mix up it's like drywall model it's action concrete. it's really more a concrete yes. product than it is a a a, a, a wallboard but but um <clears throat> and then you and you and you put it up and you lather and you lather it up it's important if you have plaster to understand that it does get old and crack and it'll come off in chunks um, if you've ever been in, a, in an old house and seen that that's what's <laughs> happening there's no, there's nothing that binds it together except for well i don't know in, in the later stuff but in the 1800s they used horsehair they literally mixed yeah. horsehair yep. in with the plaster and it it found out much like fiberglass does today except it was horsehair aka it's called horsehair plaster i don't did they do uh, that in the third i don't know yes anyway. and
2: believe it or not that's what you find in glen ellen uh, a lot of these houses are horse okay. plaster. Some of the worst stuff that you could you could buy, you start doing siding or something on the outside of the house and big chunks of plaster will fall, on fall off on the of inside of yeah. yep. yep. A woman, I was working on a woman's house in Glen Ellen, and she says, I want this to look like plaster. When you're all done, it all has to look like plaster. I said, so you want me to do a really lousy job so it starts falling off the walls of <laughs> the <was> right? <laughs> and she was not happy. She loved me when I was done. But she was not happy with that
0: comment. So. <laughs> she, had no yeah. no no. she had no sense of humor. She had no sense of humor. <laughs> well, and, and again, but I just want to yeah. explain that. So if you're, you know, because a lot of people, particularly here in Atlanta, we don't have a lot of plaster here. Now, I know when I grew up, I grew up in Western New York, outside Rochester, New York, and it was everywhere there because a lot of homes were built, you know, pre-1950. And in all the older homes, that's what you have, Um because the drywall basically didn't exist, but I just want people to understand that, that we're trying to present both sides in, in modern terms, this is where we're going to get into. Like you, we've already talked about it a little bit, but where you match plaster and drywall and some of the challenges in doing that. And so we have already talked about that, but we wanted to, we want to, we want to expand on that. Um, and in doing, you know, plaster versus drywall repair, How do you repair plaster versus drywall, and are there differences in products and that kind of thing? You
2: know, I am not a plaster, and I will never claim to be a plaster. I have never used plaster. I've always taken, I've always removed the plaster. I I had a plaster wall and had this huge bow, enormous bow in it. I actually have this on my YouTube channel, and I cut out this big chunk of plaster, enormous big thick piece of plaster I mean it was thick too uh, and I and I padded it all out put drywall in there and then patched it all up and to this day I mean I did it I, I told you I'm going to Vail Colorado and this is in those homeowners houses that are here in Wheaton who own this condo in Vail Colorado and they want us to go yeah. to Vail and do all of the remodeling in their condo in Vail because they trust us they really know we're going to go out there. We're going to do the job. We're going to do it right, and they don't want to. They don't want to question whether the builder that they've hired out there is going to do a good job. They don't want to question that uh, because they're spending a lot of money on this condo, and, and it's uh, it's it's a rental property for them, and they make a lot of money on this thing. Um, they make well over a hundred thousand a year in rent. Just for just for the wow. time that they have snow in Vale, Colorado, uh, I need help by by the way, you guys out there. So if you're out in Vale, get a hold okay. of me through my YouTube channel. I need some help, um, but because um, that's coming up soon, it's coming up next month. Um, but yes, it's. I am not a plaster. I am a drywall finisher, but I have finished two plaster many many times I have butted up the plaster and finished it um,
0: and you can't tell there's no difference I, I I'm sorry so give the tips so give the tips say somebody wants to wants to you know they're doing just that so what what do you do you put obviously you put drywall up next to it but what products how okay, do you join what it? I do,
2: what I do is first of all I want to try to make sure my drywall is very flush with the plaster that's there and plaster can be this thick at one point. And this thick at another point. So you want to make right. sure that yep. your drywall is very flush with the plaster that you have. The next thing I will do is I will, I took um, spray glue. This is what I did because I had a big patch. And I spray glued all the way around the, the, the plaster. And I spray glued the, the drywall and everything else. And because this was a big hole, I had a sheet uh, this big, long sheet is four foot wide. Actually, it's four foot. And it's the fiberglass mesh that they use to do drive it on the outside of houses. And I took sheets of that and I pushed it all into the spray glue. And I got it all covered with the sheets of that fiberglass mesh and uh, made sure I overlapped it, made sure it was all done. Then I coated it with Durabond, not lightweight, not anything other than Durabond. And I put a nice coat of Durabond on top of that. Once I have that all set, now I can switch to any product I want. If I want a harder product, I can switch to, I really like a product that's called uh, USG, I'm sorry, it's called uh, Cover Coat. USG makes it, it's called Cover Coat. Cover Coat was, is specifically designed to coat cement. So, So if you've uh, got cement yep. walls that you want to make finished smooth, you can purchase this stuff called Cover Coat and you can just start troweling it on just like plaster and you can just coat the walls out. The difference with the drywall products and the plaster products is after you get it all nice and smooth in plaster, it has to cure for about a month before you can paint it. Uh, and trust me, you want it to cure because I've seen guys paint it in less than a month and the paint won't stick. It just you can just scrape it right off the walls. Um, so with drywall, as soon as it's dry, you can prime it and paint it, as soon as it's dry. So with this cover coat, as soon as it's dry, you can prime it and paint it. But I, I will use a, a good coat of cover coat on top of this plaster and on top of the Durabond and everything else. And then I'll switch to a lightweight, all-purpose compound, like plus three. And then I'll do my final finish coat with that and sand it, detail it, and it's beautiful. Like I said, I could bring you to this house now and show you this major, major plastic, uh, I'm sorry, this major plaster patch that I did, and it's beautiful. It's, yeah. it's you would have absolutely no idea that this, this big hole was in this wall into this plaster. And, uh, and I didn't remove all of the plaster, I just removed what I had
0: to. Right, right, wow. right. Interesting. I An interesting. Yeah, yes. you did. I mean, it's it's yeah, I, it, I it's, used, that's
2: I use cover coat a lot, guys, when I'm dealing with plaster, because like I said, that that product is I was talking to these plasters who did this big plaster job for me in Barrington, uh, and they said that's what they use. If they're doing a hard coat. So you know, you have chair rail that comes around your house and you want a hard coat under the chair rail for nicks and dings. So it's it's hard like plaster, right? They said they will take silica sand, they'll mix it in with their cover coat, and then they'll just trowel it on and they'll coat the lower part of the walls, and it'll be a hard coat now that can take punishment. It can it can take some bumps and nicks and dings and stuff, and it's just right on top of drywall.
0: Mm. Yeah, because it's more like cement. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah it's okay. it's
0: it's a cementaceous base. I mean, it's really much more. It's much harder. You right. know, I guess I guess kind of one of the premixes is, is that too. It's pre-mixed Oh, it's pre. Oh, nice, yeah. nice. One of the one of the takeaways here is if you have plaster, you're really dealing in a world more. You're more towards the concrete side than you are towards the drywall side. Absolutely. Just so people have clarity. Absolutely. On that it's a it's a very di- it's different chemistry it's or well it has chemistry um and and even to your one month cure time folks if you don't know it concrete needs to cure for 28 days before it's fully dry so it's very very similar when you look at it that way um and yeah that's that's fascinating that's really fascinating it's not something we don't run i don't run into it very often every once in a blue moon um used to run into it all the time because of where i lived and and uh and and the repairs i was doing on the home you know on my own personal home and things like that and i had another house that was built in 1910 and it was all you know lath and plaster and and so forth mm-hmm. and so on but uh yeah interesting interesting stuff if you if you for a large percentage of the country there's a lot of older homes that have lath and plaster so need to touch on it johnny well
1: i you know i I, this has been a world of uh, knowledge here on uh, on drywall and plaster and the whole the whole bit. Um, I've really enjoyed it. Um, I don't I don't have any other questions at, at this. You know, I, I'd love to have you back sometime, Ray. This is really enjoyable. I always love talking to you and love your videos. Hope everybody gets a chance to get out to uh, to YouTube. Um, I I did see that video of you fixing that, that plaster wall or that that big hump uh, yeah. that you were describing um and it's really interesting and you know what now that i now i'm going to go back and watch it again because I, I know a little bit more <laughs> yeah. um and i'm going to get more out of it so it's it's fantastic um so it's it's the drywall doctor on youtube right yeah. that's how yep. that's how the best way people can get a hold of you it's or get...
0: any other way you want people to get a hold of you <clears throat>
2: they'll find my email address there. I'll tell you, I I do answer my email address. I I, emails too. the people, a lot of people, I get a lot of emails from people. Uh, I've done a lot of jobs around here because they've contacted me through my email and said they had work and I happen to be needing some. So I, I've done it. You know, the one thing that that I've been running into a lot around here and actually happened to put in a lot is because everybody wants the open concept today. They don't want walls. They yep. want everything wide open. They just want every, all the rooms to continue to flow is control joints. Oh, my gosh, have I been putting in the control joints in the last couple of years or so? Um, so that's something that you need to talk about, too, some days is control joints. When we have you back.
1: Oh, uh, I'd
0: love to get. I'd love there's to get, our there's our first topic. Yep, I'd love We're to perfect. get
1: back into. I'd love mm-hmm. to get into the. I I actually was going to ask that question uh, on this episode. I'm glad I uh-huh. didn't because we can. You know, I've I've got a lot of questions about that. Um, and every time I see you put them in, I understand why. Uh, but I just like to hear the experience of of uh you know when when you put them in and and why yeah. you do it and all that kind of stuff and the explanations behind that. So.
2: I, I've had two customers come back to me, and they told me, "You know what? I've always had these cracks that yep. just kept appearing." She goes, "After you put in those control joint spray, nothing. None of them came back. Um, they, the cracks that normally came back, don't anymore." So,
1: yeah, that's something that you, um, I have not seen down here. Um, I don't know because maybe the, the 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 rooms are smaller and not so elongated. The, at least yeah. the homes that I've been in. Um, but you need
2: twenty-four to thirty feet. If it's yeah. if it's over if it's over thirty feet, you're probably going to spot a crack someplace in that yeah. ceiling or wall or something if it's yep. over thirty feet yep. long.
1: Yep. Well, right. perfect.
0: Well, that's for the next show. <laughs> that's for the next show. All right, wait, Ray. We want to appreciate. We appreciate you being here, man. That I, I enjoy. I, I have a whole list of things I have to go do. Bye. Right. Wow. <laughs> Me too. <laughs>
1: Yes, we we want to respect your time and so thank you so much, Ray, for uh, for joining us. This was just fantastic. Like I said it's always great to have you on and and always great to reconnect with you. Well, you guys have a
2: great day, and, and thanks for having me. Thanks for you, having me. So, you bet. Well, it, let me know when it's going to air, and I'll and I'll do a YouTube channel and and Beautiful. promote you guys so they can find me, find Perfect.
0: you. All right.
2: Perfect. Perfect.
1: All right. You, you thanks. Have a great day. All right. Thank you.
0: Bye. Bye. All right. Well, we want to thank Ray for being on the show, Johnny. What are the key takeaways to this drywall doctor interview?
1: Well, I got to say that um, you know, number one, I want to thank Ray for uh, for for spending uh, this amount of uh, this amount of time with us. Um, it was it was great to talk to him again. He is, uh, folks. You know, when we talk to him off air, he is a hoot. Uh, he is a just. He is a, a great guy. Um, just, he's really fun to talk to. Uh, I hope everybody can take advantage of, uh, you know, him on his, uh, on his YouTube channel at the drywall doctor. Um, but he is a, you know, my takeaway is this, it always is with, with Ray is that he's, uh, he's just a fountain of knowledge on, on this stuff. He's a very good instructor, uh, for, for, uh, you know, this, this, this type of work. Um, you know when you watch him uh, he just does a great job of of teaching you how to to do it right and I think that's you know that's the other the other takeaway I got uh, from this was um, you know saving saving the time well it's just like our tagline time money and and especially aggravation if you've ever done drywall work and you just start off and you don't really know, get the hang of it and you don't know what you're doing, it can be very aggravating and it can take a lot of time. Um, but when you watch, you know, when you watch and you learn from people like Ray, um, it really does streamline that whole thing and makes it much more, um, you know, beneficial for for the whole thing, and the outcome is just so professional. So, I mean, just everything we talked about from from the products to the uh, you know, the tools and everything. I'm I'm gonna have to go back and listen to this whole interview again. I mean, it, it was it it was that good. I I I think so.
0: Well, I I'll tell you, pretty much, I have one takeaway from that whole thing, and that is that. He is called the drywall doctor. Folks, that is P- PhD, <laughs> yeah. right? He is the doctor of drywall. I mean, he just, he's the guy, yeah. right? If you want to learn this stuff, go out and it's out there. He's got series and series. I mean, I don't care what pretty much, it's pretty much everything that you need to know. He's has he's just got so much experience. And to John's point, he's a great instructor. He really, he really makes it um, uh, simple, you know, for guys that don't do it all the time. So, he's the guy yeah. you know i mean we and, and he is he's so he's so likable and funny he's funny he he fits in with us if you only heard the intro and the outco or you know when we did the intro parts because we spend a fair amount of time always talking to people beforehand but we were just cracking up i mean there's just you know trading stories blah 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 room. it's the whole <laughs> the green room the green room it's the green room here at the handyman pros radio show yeah so anyway um Anything else, Johnny? Oh my God. I mean, if you're, if you've got drywall to do, you know, our pla- and plaster too, we got into a bit of the plaster stuff. And for those of you with older homes, um, you know, I, I've worked on a lot of plaster over the years. i you know i don't see it much anymore because it just doesn't exist so much in the greater atlanta area it does but it's it's only in certain portions of town um but i but i used to say you gosh you know living up north it was pretty much every home had yeah. plaster in it because all the homes were old um or at least the ones i lived in and worked on um were all old so anyway be that as it may there's some some great tips on plaster as well so
1: yeah it was just it was, it's fantastic so you know it, i Take advantage of take advantage of what Ray is offering. Uh, let's put it let's put it let's put it that way. If you're if you're into doing drywall, you're doing a you know, a reno in your house, uh, all that kind of stuff. The guy is just a it, you know, like I said earlier, he's just a, a fountain of knowledge on, on this stuff. Great guy. So, so
0: Johnny, you told me you told me the last time that they abducted you on the spaceship, you were looking over the, the one of the alien's shoulders, and there he had YouTube up, and he was working with the drywall doctor. Yeah, Do you believe I it? I think I might have been plastered. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a, wow. All right, we're out. And, <laughs> that's awesome. All right, folks. If you enjoy this craziness called the Handyman Pros Radio Show, man, that was a good one, Johnny. I like it. Um, we, by the way, I think I've told you this before. We do not make those endings up. Those are all out of our brains in the moment, uh, obviously. Um, <laughs> Questions, comments, concerns, Handyman Pros Radio Show at gmail.com or Handyman Pros Radio Show or questions at Handyman Pros Radio Show. We are on Facebook uh, at Handyman Pros and all sorts of good ways. Send us an email if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. We'll see you next week on the Handyman Pros Radio Show.